My friend, always good to see you. What's going on? And by the way, the sandwich rant was not about a club sandwich. Good. No. (laughs) But uh, doing good, doing good, and really looking forward to digging into this album with you. Okay, okay. Well, you know, we we talked about this this album. You know, people have opinions about this album, and I can't wait to uh, to see all your opinions about this album. But hold those opinions, uh, because first we still got to introduce one more person here, and this is this man has just been he's been on the scene for for forty years, whether it's you know on the radio or if it's on the on podcast. Uh, the guy's all over the place. And again, another man, if you like podcasts, there's a good chance you're going to hear him on one because, you know, we people love to have him on, on, on their podcast as well. Yeah, he's the co-host of Things We Said Today, uh, a, a podcast that's been going for almost 11 years now. With And now it's, 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 it's him, it's Darren DeVivo and Alan Cozen. Uh, he's got his uh, Every Little Thing uh, syndicated radio show, which does that, plays every stinking little thing. Well, except for the, you know, Probably not the stuff from from John and Yoko, right? Probably an actual play. A wedding album, but I, uh, I but wouldn't. I wouldn't know. play that you either. No. If if you the know, show you know, was a little longer, I would do that. Yes, <laughs> you give the guy three hours, and I'm sure he would play all three back to back to back, right? Electronic sound too. Oh, uh, electric yeah. sound. There you go, Ken Michaels. It, it's it's great to have you here. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm always uh, looking forward to talking about specific solo albums from the Beatles. So uh, this is one we haven't tackled yet. So looking forward to it. Yes, that's true. Yeah, very true. And we're going to tackle that soon. As they said, it's Red Rose Speedway. We're here to talk about that today. But first, Ken, what can we learn? What, what's what been going on this last month? You know, books, movie new, or news, what's going on? Because I need to know. <laughs> Quite a lot. Tom Petty song. <laughs> need to know <laughs> we're going to start with um some upsetting news don't know how many of you are aware of this this comes from rogue best who is uh pete mm. best brother and he says that there was an event planned in liverpool uh called an evening with frida kelly at the david lewis theater oh, this was the first right. beatles fan club uh they had a get-together there in 1962 in Liverpool, and Frida had to have surgery done. So they asked Tony Bramwell to fill in for her. So Tony took a train ride to Liverpool, but he collapsed on the train. There are unconfirmed reports that he had a stroke. He was taken to the hospital. Then they called on Frida again, and she showed up for the event in crutches. Wow. Rogue called her a trooper. Yep. And on Tony's Facebook page, he wrote today that he's had three days in bed and every test in every orifice known. (laughs) He says, seems I'm indestructible. So we're sending Mm -hmm. prayers to Tony for a full recovery. All right. Absolutely. Uh, As we hear more about his condition, we'll let you know here on this show. The big news regarding the Fest for Beatles fans is that it was announced that next year they'll be celebrating both the 50th anniversary of the Fest, when it was known as Beatles Fest, and the 60th anniversary of the Beatles' arrival in America by having it take place at the new mod TWA Hotel at JFK. 
in New York City, February 9th, 10th, and 11th. Of course, the 9th is the anniversary when the Beatles did their first show on the Ed Sullivan Show. So um, very cool idea to hold it there. And um, who knows if it'll continue there every year. Everything's up in the air right now, and hopefully we'll get more information about that. Uh, Google... Is the actual, Ken, Ken, one second, is the actual spot where all the fans were screaming and yelling, I mean, is that still a thing that we could all go to, take pictures and, and, and stuff like that? When the Beatles arrived, you know, where, where all the fans were, I mean, is that... I don't know if they've actually thing? pointed to that area, like, here you can take your photo. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah, know if there's anything know. like that there. I doubt right. it, there is. Okay. But okay. it's just a really cool idea to think to do it there. Right. Um, also, Google announced that any day now, the Beatles recording of Here Comes the Sun is about to surpass one billion streams. Wow. That is the most streamed song in the Beatles group catalog. Really amazing. Um, probably the most important news on the Beatles historically, uh, speaking in the past month, is that a tape of a Beatles concert from April 4th, 1963, when they played at the Stowe Boarding School, a private boarding school for boys that was in Birkinghamshire, uh, has come to light. The concert, nearly an hour long, was recorded on reel-to-reel -reel on a quarter-inch tape by then 15-year-old John Bloomfield. The Beatles were booked to play there by David Moore, a pupil who uh, wrote to Beatles manager Brian Epstein asking if the group could play there. Epstein must have noticed the connection to a very important Liverpool family, the Moores family who owned the Liverpool football pools and retail business. And the Beatles okayed playing there for a fee of £100, and Moores raised the money by selling tickets to his schoolmates. According to a BBC radio special for their show Front Row, Despite the loud cheers and some screaming, the tape is not drowned out by audience reaction. The concert features songs from their debut album, Please Please Me, which actually came out just two weeks before this performance. The group kicked off the show with I Saw Her Standing There, going into Chuck Berry's Too Much Monkey Business, and the host of the BBC show, Samira Ahmed and Mark Lewison, are supposed to be the only people who have heard it after Bloomfield played it for the first time since the recording was made. This show called Front Row of the BBC program played a few seconds each of I Saw Her Standing There, Too Much Monkey Business, and Please Please Me. Regarding the significance of this tape, Lewison said, the opportunity that this tape presents, which is completely out of the blue, is fantastic because we hear them just on the cusp of the breakthrough uh, into complete world fame. And at that point, all audience recordings become blanketed in screams. For this show, the Beatles are heard taking requests from the schoolboys, who shouted out the names of the songs that had only been out for two weeks. All these years, Bloomfield kept this recording, but never made it public until now. I've heard those wow. few seconds, and it's hard to hear the lead vocals. Yeah. But who knows with today's technology if anything can be done with it, and then... Peter Jackson's right? Yeah, well, calling do that. that. That's the next that's the next album. Yep. <laughs> but you got to get you got to get Apple's approval for that. Yeah. All right, in book news, I wasn't aware of this release until our friend Tom Brennan alerted me to this. But back on February 18th, a book came out called Repackaging the Beatles by Terry Wilson. It takes a look at all the different releases from 1966 on in which the Beatles music has been repackaged from compilations to streaming to remixes and archival box sets, including 
uh, super deluxe editions, and you can read about every one of them in this book. It's fully documented with track listings and release dates. Um, it's described as the definitive guide to the compilations, collections, and remixes, which continue to flow out all these years, impressing every new and old generation of Beatle fans. Cool idea for a book right there. Yeah. Um, Yahoo reports that Elliot Mintz, longtime insider with John and Yoko, will release a memoir next year that will weave in behind-the-scenes moments with the famous couple. The U.S. publisher Dutton and British publisher Transworld announced the deal with Mintz, who first met John and Yoko in the early 1970s and remained close to Yoko after John's murder in 1980. The book is currently untitled, and Elliot is quoted as saying, I have waited 50 years to share my experiences with Yoko and John. Nice. That this should balance things out a bit, this book. Yeah. He says, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. It is a privilege to share my odyssey and include the reader in intimate, in intimate portrayal of my two dearest friends. Hmm. All right. Um, thanks to our good friend, John Bazzini, we learned that Legs Larry Smith, who played drums as a member of the Bonzo Dog Band, has just released a new song that's a tribute to George Harrison. It's called O Kiyoki. Spell that K-E-O-K-I. Kiyoki is George's name in Hawaiian. This can be found on Larry's new album called Mr. Wonderful. You'll recall that George wrote a song for Larry called His Name is Legs, Ladies and Gentlemen, which you can find on his Extra Texture album from 1975. A song that Tom was constantly requesting on my radio show, Every Little Thing. Mm -hmm. um, always wanted to hear His Name is Legs. Tom there. <laughs> Um, this will make many of us feel old. April 8th marked the birthday of the first Beatles child, Julian, who turned 60. Julian celebrated with a dinner in Paris, and joining him to celebrate was brother Sean. Julian thanked his record label BMG for hosting this lovely birdie dinner, that's what he called it, and Julian shared photos on social media with him and his guests seated at a dinner table. And speaking of Julian, he has just recorded a new version of his environmentally conscious song, Saltwater, that has just been released by the nonprofit label Future Youth Records, playing on the record, former Wings guitarist, Lawrence Juber, drummer, Jim Keltner, and on keyboards, um, Porcaro. Lost the name here. One of the Porcaro <laughs> brothers. Okay, that is brand new. And um, yeah, oh, Steve Porcaro. This is to raise money for the youth-led Think Earth Music campaign to raise critical funds for environmental justice for Earth Day, which was on April the 22nd. John Lennon's iconic song, Imagine, has just been added to the National Recording Registry of the Library of Congress. On April 12th, Librarian of Congress Carla Hayden named 25 recordings as audio treasures worthy of preservation for all time based on their cultural, historical, or aesthetic importance in the nation's uh, recorded sound heritage with Imagine being one of them. Mary Hopkin has a brand new album coming out on May the 3rd, and she has teamed up with her daughter, Jessica Lee Morgan. It's called Two Hearts, brand new from Mary Hopkin. Some uh, concert information, Billy J. Kramer will be uh, appearing this Sunday at the Landmark Theater in Port Washington, Long Island for a concert at 3 p.m. Our good friend Gary Burr 
who we know from being in the Roundheads with Ringo, uh, doing a concert with his wife, who's also a really good songwriter, Georgia Middleman. And that's at the Cutting Room in New York City for May 19th. Speaking of May 19th, that's when Ringo and the All-Stars get back on the road again. And they're doing a West Coast tour, which runs through June the 17th, 22 dates in all. And he'll be uh, appearing in California, Arizona, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, Colorado, and Utah. Okay? And that's not too long from now. Ringo. And I love that, that Ringo's going back. I mean, he had COVID twice, I think. And he he's got well, and he just keeps going. I love it. Yep. He's tough. He sure is. He's like an O'Toole. That's right. <laughs> COVID can't bring Thanks. us down. <laughs> Takes after you, Kit. That's right. <laughs> well done, Kit. I mean, Ken. Well done. <laughs> That's all I got for you. Close. All right. Well, great job. Thank you, Ken. And uh, here we go. Red Rose Speedway. And uh, to celebrate, we'll just, um, we're going to talk about it a little bit. But first, I'm just going to give a little, little background here of the album. Uh, the sessions began uh, in March of 72 after the university tour. Uh, the sessions continued until June. Then uh, they took a break and then they went out on tour uh, for Wings Over Europe. Uh, that went from July to August. Uh, sessions resumed for Red Rose Speedway in September until uh, December. Then in January and February is overdubbing and mixing. Um, as we know, this, this album was uh, proposed as a double album. We'll, we'll talk about that as well today, um, but is, you know, it was brought down to, to a uh, to single album. As I said, uh, the number went to, uh, the album went to number one, uh, which started a string of, of five albums, a number one streak of five albums. And then um, as we know, the, uh, the lead off single, uh, My Love was also a big hit and I want to know, Ken, um, do you recall this album coming out at first? Do you remember uh, hearing My Love? I would imagine My Love was all over the radio uh, at that time, whether it was just AM or both AM and FM. Um, give us your, your, your experience of, of hearing, um, you know, just, just hearing the, the, the album for the first time, not really necessarily giving us, you know, your you know, thoughts on every track, but just, <laughs> you know, hearing for the first time. No, I definitely remember hearing My Love all the time being played on AM radio and Top 40 radio in New York City. I used to listen to WABC, which was the biggest Top 40 station in the country. They played it all the time. Um, and I don't quite remember about FM, but I do remember because I used to listen to WPLJ in New York City, which was a rock station at the time. And I do recall hearing Get On The Right Thing being played mm. on that radio station and possibly Big Barn Bed. Okay. You know, but um, yeah, I remember getting the album fairly close to when it was released and really liking it. Of course, all this history that you just talked about, what happened in 1972, we didn't know anything about that. <laughs> it was just the new album at the time. We didn't know anything about uh, possibly being a double album. This was just the new album the new single album from Paul and Wings. And I enjoyed it for what it was uh, initially. I, I always liked the album a lot. These days, I love it even more. But um, I always enjoyed the album from the very beginning. Mm. Okay, very good. Joe, you um, 
I think you've talked about in the past, the earlier 70s albums, you you got to towards right with the mid to later 70s, right? Right. I, I didn't start buying the albums when they were brand new, the solo albums. Uh, aside from Shaved Fish when it was new and Blast from Your Past, the, uh, uh, the regular studio albums, I, I don't remember doing it before the Bad Boy album in 78 and, you know, London Town. So I don't have a, a memory of when it first came out at all. Uh, but I do remember hearing it, like Ken said, on WABC, I was in the, the same area, uh, AM radio. Yeah, that was in my childhood. That's the a biggie, you know, with so many other songs that I actually remember hearing among them, right. you know, Uncle Albert and My Sweet Lord, It Don't Come Easy. I remember those as childhood favorites, Photograph, Oh My My, you know, right. Mind Games. Yeah, hmm. but I don't have any memory. I didn't get the album. The album was one of those again, and lately we've been talking about albums just by coincidence that happen to be albums like this, where I use them kind of to fill in later, you know, so I probably didn't hear uh, the whole album of Red Rose Speedway. Till around, I'm guessing like 77 ish or something like that, you know, 76, 77, something around there. Yeah. Mm. All right, probably during the uh, All the Best. I'm sorry, not All the Best, Wings Greatest. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, around there. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about it later. But, just, you know, Ken was talking about his first impression. My, my first impression, you know, I, I, I love My Love to Death. I think it's a classic McCartney song. Um, I, you know, I, the, the rest of the album, it did not impress me on first listen and it, it you know, I'll go into that, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> didn't impress me on first listen as a whole. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. Kit, like you, like, like me, you know, kids of the eighties, you know, getting into them in the eighties, I'm just, I'm sure you were probably familiar with the, the track, my love yeah. with either wings greatest or all the best or, or even being played on the radio um but um talk about when you were first aware of 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 the red rose speedway album yeah yeah i mean that was i absolutely was aware of my love um from because it was still being played on you know probably the the sort of the soft rock kind of radio too and and all and uh I'm tr I was trying to, as, as you've all been talking, I was trying to remember like when exactly I, I picked it up because it was sort of like what you were saying, Joe, is I was sort of filling in, um, you know, as I was like really starting to get into Paul's solo stuff. And so I was like, oh, this is the album that my love came from. Okay, Red Rose Speedway, I got to pick this up because I got to fill out my wings um, collection here. Um, so I'm guessing it was probably it had to have been like late 80s, early 90s, something like that, that I, I probably picked it up. Um, and and I have to admit, I, I'm kind of in Joe's camp in this one that when I first heard it, um, obviously still loved my love. Um, but the rest of it, it, it didn't really grab me. Uh, at, at first, I, I thought it was kind of uneven. Um, and, uh, and it was, you know, it didn't grab me immediately, like Band on the Run did. I mean, that was an album that I instantly loved. Um, right. And, uh, and so th this one, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it uh, later, of course, in depth. But my initial impression was that I, I remember thinking, yeah, this, this, this is not, going to be one of my my top favorites i mean it had like one or two highlights for me i think get on the right thing was another one that i 
gravitated toward immediately. But other than that, you know, kind of a kind of an uneven uh, one for me. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, and here, you know, filling in the filling in the gaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, come the late '80s, uh, early '90s. You know, I'm I'm working. I got my own money now, so I'm you know constantly going to uh, you know the stores and getting them either on cassette, CD, or album. <laughs> it didn't matter. Yep. Right. Either way, I could find find a, a copy. That's all that mattered to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just for me, it was always the album with my love on it. Um, you know, I would listen to it from here, you know, from time to time. Um, it wasn't the one that I never played, you know, a lot. Um, but I did, or I didn't go back to it a lot, but I still, you know, I thought, you know, the vocals were great. I thought the band was really, was really good. Uh, you know, the instrumentation was really good on the album. But as we'll get into, uh, you know, when we talk about tracks on on, on here, but uh, but yeah, I, I think it was it was you know fine at that point in time. Um, later on, we learned as we learned more things, you know, throughout the years, you know, maybe that kind of changed your perspective uh, on the album. Uh, but we'll get into that as well. But um, let's let's start off with um, we got we got to talk about my love because here it is. It's it's the 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 lead single really the only single unfortunately um but it's 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 that's number one at the same time i think with the album which you know is a rare feat not a lot of times you'll see the number one album and the number one song from from one artist at the same time george was just able to do it uh, you know a couple months later <laughs> months or weeks actually but uh what an amazing feast uh, our feet i should say a kid talk about my love for a second you know sometimes it gets some flack right i mean when you talk about you know ballads um is it as strong as maybe i'm amazed is it as strong as other ballads in 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 his uh in his catalog what what are your thoughts uh, on the track i have always been in the pro my love camp i i think it is one of his finest uh singles one of his finest songs period um his voice is is just beautiful on on this i mean it's it's just him and his prime i think no it is not you know i I know maybe i'm amazed when he gets that you know that scratchy raw kind of raw vocalness no this isn't like that uh you know but it's still um you know it's got that kind of smoothness to it um and uh and it's i think it's just as as effective um and all right i know some people out there are going to say, because I was about to say, I love the lyrics. Okay. I know grammatically terrible. Some people say, my love does it good. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the best grammatically, but it works. It works for the song. And yes, could, the low could be anything. Lows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hug, hug, hugging and kissing and cuddling could be anything. Yeah, I mean, it can be your interpretation, right? That's pretty, right. exactly. And the whoa, whoa, woes, I mean, it doesn't bother me it's it's you know it it sticks in your head i mean that's it it doesn't i mean you don't forget it do you um and it doesn't strike me i mean there have been other times and you know and i'm I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point where you know i've been annoyed by sometimes when he does that or hums you know we'll hum along where i'll think okay that's a little bit lazy he could have put a lyric in there this is not one of those times i don't think i think it works um and uh and i mean that guitar solo come on i mean that is one of the best guitar solos in my opinion Mm. in in a pop record i mean it's you remember it it is so effective 
I just think it's it's one of the best pop rock records, you know, of all time. I I I absolutely. I, it's one of those songs I never get tired of hearing. So I see why it went to number one. It never gets old for me. Um, it's timeless. So my love. Kent, let's continue with you. Uh, you know, again, you know, uh, as a radio, as a, as a DJ, uh, does, 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 I mean, obviously ballads are big business, right? This was just, I, from hit has hit written all over it, don't you think? At that oh, time? yeah. Well, you know, it's more than just a ballad. I mean, McCartney is a master at great hooks. Mm. And, um, you know, he's he's one of the greatest. Some people will say he is the greatest melodic songwriter of all time. And this is one primary example of it. Um, mm. His vocals are absolutely perfect. The arrangement, like you said, Kit, Henry McCullough's solo is just absolutely what the song needed. You can understand why Paul would tell him play it that way every time because it was just so right for the song. Um, it's a really smooth production. And, um, you know, it's it's just once you study all of Paul's catalog and, and if you're just talking about the solo catalog, there may be other ballads and love songs from him that I like more than my love. But at the time, as a single, yeah, it deserved to hit number one. You know, there's a lot of songs that we'll say should have been to number one here on the show that didn't. But a lot of it has to do with the fact of when it came out, what the competition was. But um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that this song was number one for four weeks in the United States. Mm, very good. Joe, what do you got? To oh, well, like I, I said earlier, kind of, I, I love the song, a big hit. Um, I think it for me, I'm giving it a little away for later, but I think it's the really only fleshed out and well-developed song on the entire album. I wow. think it's easily the standout. I think it deserves to be a number one hit. I think the reason the album was number one is solely of that song. I think if there was, if the song wasn't on, I don't think it would have, it would have made number one. Um, but back to the song, you know, Kip kind of said, uh, she doesn't mind the whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I'm, there's, there's instances where I'm going to knock Paul for some of that, but not in this one. I don't know. It, it just fits so well in the song. It, it suits the song so well. And it it's works. not just a matter. Yeah. And it, it doesn't just seem lazy to me when he does it in this, you know, it's funny because I've said many times on many shows, sometimes we it can contradict ourselves. You say, well, I don't like this song because it sounds like a kiddie song, but another song I like it precisely because it's a good kid song. <laughs> it makes you know sense. But why those things change, I, I have no idea. I'm you know, you can get on Paul for sugar stuff, uh, which I'm gonna do later, but I say for this, hey, nobody does it good as he does, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when it comes to this. This is but this is like really putting all that stuff that Paul excels at so well yeah. into a great piece of work, a great single. Um, you know, it it, it it's not just a lazy throwaway it's not a an unfinished demo or some sounding thing if this is a real good piece of work the strings i think really accentuated and we mentioned of course henry mccullough's wonderful guitar that is the the highlight i would even say of the piece um yeah i i love that he got a chance to shine on that 
I kind of feel sometimes sorry for Henry. I think he kind of felt this way. Some of the other stuff he participated in might not have been what he would want to do necessarily, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think I, I, I pretty much covered it. Paul sounds great on it. He sings great on it. Yeah, and I love the double entendre. As a, as a, as a, as a kid, of course, I never thought anything. I still don't think anything of the lyric. You, you, you just could can make it anything. As I said earlier, right? It could be. She could do anything, <laughs> but it doesn't have to mean it's not a proper lyric. It doesn't have to be that, but just generally loves me and, you know, makes, you know, makes me feel good and stuff, you know. Right, right. Uh, I, I agree. I mean, the orchestration on here is, is, a, is a highlight for me as well. It, it's very beautiful. Um, and, and what can you say about the, the guitar solo? I mean, that's just one of the great rock you know ballad guitar solos of of, of history really if you think mm. about it and and the, you, you know if you if you've got a chance to listen to the live version and the transformation that this song you know took because you know people don't realize i mean they started playing this in 71 during the i'm sorry no sorry 72, 72. during mm-hmm. 72 university tour and then again in uh later and you know when they took the break from recording the album they re- so so people i mean if you're following paul and you know in the uk and then again in over europe you're hearing these songs because he's playing a lot of songs that are brand new to people when and i miss that i mean i wish he would you know you know artists some artists still do that but 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 unfortunately paul doesn't do that anymore but you know, to, to hear the song and then kind of like the call and response where, because when he would say my love and then you would hear Linda say my love as well, which is really interesting. And, it was, and it's a shame that, I don't know if it's a shame or if it was a, <laughs> a good thing that they dropped that part in, in the finished product, but it, it's nonetheless, it's very interesting. And to hear, you know, Henry do different solos with that on, on different, you know, during live shows as well is, is very interesting. And what he was able to bring to that bring to the table and say, hey, you know, let me, you know, he, I, I'm so happy he fought for wanting to do what he did. I mean, that's, a, that's such a great thing. And, and you got to give, you know, some Paul some credit for, for letting him do it because this man knows what he wants. <laughs> and mm-hmm. as usually gets his way. Um, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's a fantastic track. Let's, let's switch it over. Let's, let's flip the, um, let's flip the, the 45 over because here's a track that again, you know, talk about a, a B-side, a non-album B-side, and the excitement of that, and, you know, the mess. Ken, I mean, here's, the, we don't know, you know, we don't know anything about this song, right? I mean, we know that it's live, of course, but here in the States, we, we don't know what the hell this is. I mean, and audiences were getting to hear this during the, you know, the Wings Over or the University Tour as well and the, and the Wings Over Europe. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on the mess? I loved it. You know, that's part of the fun in being a fan of the Beatles, even going back to, you know, the group years that they put out a lot of non-LP B-sides. And, um, you know, when you're buying the album and there's a B-side that's not on the album, that's something that's special. And sometimes, you know, you end up playing that a lot (laughs) because you don't want to, you know, neglect that song. And um, I love the mess a lot because it rocks. You know, you you could say maybe Red Rose Speedway doesn't rock enough. Um, so, you know, Paul has a habit, as we've said on this show, you say it on two legs. Oh. Some of his most interesting songs are songs that he releases as B-sides or bonus tracks on CD singles. And, you know, you've gone 
to lengths, <laughs> Tom, on your show of uh, yeah. what songs would you swap kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, what would you take out of the album? What would you put on there in, to replace it? What B-sides or extra material at the time? But I it loved it. Time. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. It's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. But yeah, I loved it. I thought, you know, all the different sections of the song made it interesting. Um, it just sounds like, and, and you read about how they created the song as soon as Henry joined the band. Right. And uh, it sounds very loose. And yet at the same time, a lot of what, what's constructed in the song makes sense. So much of Paul's music, and I've said this many times, is, is there's a lot of different sections of songs that he strings together and somehow it all flows. And that's the mm -hmm. most important thing, that it all works together. Some people put that down about Paul you know, that a lot of songs are unfinished and he strings these things together and that's how he gets by on them. But the only thing that matters is the end result. Mm. And if the end result works, you know, and John did the same thing too. <laughs> right. Yeah, and Happiness is a Warm Gun was that. Yeah. Oh, right. that's a Beatles, great, a Beatles classic. This is yeah. not yeah. <laughs> in my book. But I'm just um, saying as an example, there's like four songs in Happiness is a Warm Gun. So, right. oh. I mean, John, John cut down Paul a little bit with the Abbey Road medley saying, well, you know, it's unfinished songs that were put together, but right. it all worked. That's all that matters. I agree. It Mark, certainly worked Mark, in that case. Can't argue with you. Mark brings up a good point that some people that their first exposure to the mess may have been on the James Paul McCartney uh, special. Yeah, I don't remember that now, that version of it. Yeah. However, yep. I don't know if that was on the U.S. one because I know that the U.K. had different songs during that live performance at the end than the U.S. one did. Um, I'd have to go back and 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 double check which ones were were, were swapped. Um, There's like two but, songs that were there was yeah. a difference. Right, right. Joe, you um, you're big familiar with the the mass. Was that something that uh, you know you would go to or or not? No, I I think it. I never was a big fan of the mess, although I don't hate it or anything. It's just not a big favorite. But I it, I thought it was a really nice fit as the as the B side though. You know, you like okay. something a little kind of different and offbeat, and you flip it over like that, and it does rock. You know, I I, I like to have have it because it rocks. And if it had been on the album, uh, if they you know uh, the double album, I think that would have gave a little more edge to the Red Rose Speedway. So yeah, not a big fan, but uh, it's 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 okay for a rocker. Okay, Kit, I I love the mess. Um, I I you know may have heard it for the first time you know, like years ago at the fest um, when I think it was the first time I saw the the Paul McCartney James Paul McCartney special uh, when they showed it in one of the video rooms when they used to have two video rooms going and you know pre YouTube and you know that was I think maybe even you know I didn't even know of the existence of that special and when they had the live you know the the other version of the mess on that show um, I just you know was flipping out over it I mean I just loved it you know the energy and the and just the it was such a great rocker um and uh I I think I I wish this had been uh made the final cut on the album I'll even 
go that far. I, I think, uh, you know, if we if we do have time to talk about songs that could be swapped out, I would have swapped this one in. I, I, I've always been a big fan of the best. Very cool. Um, I hope this isn't true. Uh, uh, Jack Hill uh, just mentioned the rest in peace, Gordon Lightfoot. Um, I, uh, I, I just Googled it. Unfortunately, it is true. Oh. Yeah. yeah, very um, sorry to hear that. Was and Mark says, "What is it? What is it that classic pop and rock artists pass away on the same yeah. day as Talk More Talk?" I know. Jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was just here too, uh, uh, two or three weeks ago, and I really wanted to go see him live, but I had um, friends and family in town. But um, but he canceled the show. He canceled the show. So his singing was sick here in Arizona. So and that the, the dates were supposed to be rescheduled later in the year. Um, Very sad. Yeah, oh, I was a big fan. I yes. loved a lot of his music. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, if you could read my mind, is such a classic. Oh, and, yeah. It's a classic. Yeah, it was like a, yeah, like a part a, of my childhood. Whenever I hear his yeah. song, like yeah, I think of. Like my childhood so mm. uh, sorry really sorry to hear that yeah mm. um but yeah I, I i think the mess is is a is a is a early classic rocker from from paul and the band paul and wings and uh i really love uh henry's uh what he contributed to to that song and, it, and it's really cool and yeah i mean i really wish that you know at that time i'm sure ken i mean you were like i mean it's like well where is he doing this live you know mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, why is he doing it here in the States? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I brought this up uh, a number of times, but having seen Wings in 1976, my big shocker was Soily. Really? Right. Where the hell did that song come from? We didn't right. know. I didn't know anything about Soily. Right. So what a cool thing that is. But it's very unusual to end your concert with that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> with a song true. that most people wouldn't know. So. Ken, um... I know we we know there wasn't a second single. We know that "Live and Let Die." We know now "Live and Let Die" was recorded during you know these sessions for Red Rose Speedway. That was going to come out with uh, the the, um, the the film, which you know was not too long after the release of, of "My Love." Do you think they could have um, released a second single for this for this album? If what do you hear? Do you hear anything that would have been a good second single from this album? Probably the most commercial to me would have been "Big Barn Bed." Oh, really? I think so. But you okay. know something? I've been thinking about this a lot lately. You know, we talk a lot about the Beatles and how they always had that mindset of, you know, this is this standalone single and this is the album. And so many of their albums didn't have singles on them. And then as I'm reading Luca Parassi's book, it says in there, Paul didn't want any singles for Band on the Run. Right. <laughs> you know, Helen Wheels was just going to be a single. So a lot of this releasing singles from albums was probably because of the persuasion of the American market because mm. that's how we sold albums here that's the way you sell albums you got to have hits on the albums so um and Paul you know it's it's been written that um Pete Bennett who worked in promotions for Apple had to persuade Paul to release my love as a single mm -hmm. and yeah. in the McCartney legacy book they talk about how Paul was um looking at the singles charts in the UK at the time when there were a lot of glam rock singles that were making it. So he thought that My Love probably couldn't have been a big hit. He was only looking at the UK charts, not looking at the American charts. But um, it's very possible that Paul might have been thinking, you know, Red Rose Speedway is an album. Maybe it shouldn't have any singles. 
Mm. Uh, the the thought of there even being two singles was probably foreign to Paul at that point. Look at, you know, the McCartney album. (laughs) There was no single from the first McCartney album. They could have easily released Maybe I'm Amazed. Sure. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So, you know, do I think there should have been a second single? Yes. But, you know, with Live and Let Die a few months away, there probably wasn't enough time to release a second single. But Big Barn Bed, I think, is a very catchy tune. Mm -hmm. Right. And we talk about, you know, those non-album singles. I mean, we had just had High, High, High a few months earlier or December of 72, right? Mm. You know, years later, now we discovered that he had a treasure trove of songs that maybe he could have plucked, well, like a, like a, you know, a best friend or, you know, I I wouldn't say 1882, but I mean, he has so many other, other songs, you know, Mama's Little Girl, you know, you know, I Lie Around, which, which came out later, you know, Country Dreamer, which came out, you know, we end up getting later, but all these songs that, you know, that we're just, you know, we discovered later on. Um, but, but, you know, who knows if he would have picked one of those uh, as, as a single during the, uh, during the Red Rose Speedway uh, months, um, leading yeah, so up to, uh, leading up to Live and Let Die. Yeah. We just so. did a show on things we said today with Denny Sywell, yeah. um, which just came out for the 50th anniversary of the album. And I brought up that very same thing. 1972 mm-hmm. was such an unusual year because Wings put out three standalone singles and no albums. <laughs> so, which is like unheard of. And right. um, they could have just as easily, and don't get me wrong, High 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 is a great rocker. I yeah. believe me, I'm very happy that High 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 was made a single, but they could have released other songs that mm-hmm. made Red Rose Speedway, you know, or didn't make Red Rose Speedway. They did have two albums worth of material. They could have, they could have released something the end of 72 that wasn't High High High. How did they make that decision? Well, ultimately it was Paul that made the decision, but I think in the case of High High High, he made the right decision. Mm. Yeah. Right. Cool. Kit, do you see a second single on the album? Yeah, I mean, I I probably uh, agree with Ken that uh, Big Barn Bed was definitely has an instant uh, appeal. Um, you know, second choice would probably be Get on the Right Thing. I think those two have the most, uh, you know, potential. Uh, commercial appeal. The rest of it, I mean, you know, loop, I don't think so. <laughs> no, come on. Come on. <laughs> that's, a, that's a little experimental, I, I would say. Um, and, uh, you know, but but I mean, my love was definitely the uh, the obvious, uh, the most obvious choice and the, and the correct choice. But, um, but I think that's an interesting uh, thought, Ken, and, and maybe it's, you know, maybe it's true that uh, you know, Paul wanted this to be considered as sort of a full work. I mean, certainly of the second side with that medley. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's that's pretty obvious that he didn't want it to wanted to want to split that up. Um, uh, so, you know, maybe he felt and and plus is. Uh, as you were saying, Tom, I mean, with Let Them Let Die coming up and he released a bunch of singles uh, the year before, maybe he didn't, you know, want to risk overexposure. Uh, so, you know, maybe the one single he felt was was enough uh, from, uh, from this album. So, um, you know, so maybe that was the correct choice to just have you know, my love and, and leave it there. But, you know, it seems kind of unthinkable today 
because you you know usually albums have like three or four singles uh yeah. you know and, and and so uh well you know thriller had like right. seven seven you yeah. know so you yeah, know we did it's a good point kit because you look at all these early you know 70s albums from the four and mm-hmm. how many of them only had one one single from them yeah really, yeah about it, it it's it's yeah, and that's like kind of unthinkable, uh, right. you know, in later years. I mean, you'd have at least three from right. uh, from an album. So to have one, it's it's kind of hard to imagine. But um, but yeah, I think that I think that's true. That was pretty typical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, well, say you imagine. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. like imagine. Yeah, it had one single. I mean, it's and you would think there were, you know, there could have been a couple of other other singles there. You live so in a the material world. Only had yeah. give me love. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't until the the late late seventy three, because Band on the Run in America had three singles, and the Ringo album had three singles. Right. But prior to that, we weren't used to having three singles off an album. You'd be lucky if you had two. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that wasn't so unusual. Yeah. Hmm. Joe, do you think there's a second single on this album? Nope. Uh, and that's probably why there wasn't the second single. Give a think of that. Um, but uh, the closest one, I think, is Big Barn Bed. I'll agree with that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's poppy, catchy, you know, right. fun. That I love that song. I got to say, before I yeah. go into this album later, I got to yeah. say what I love. I love my love. I love Big Barn Bed. Uh, one, two punch for me, those two. Yeah, I uh, just wished for me that the album didn't descend into mediocrity after that. But uh, with, with with those two songs, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Big Barn Bed could make a single if they're going to have anything. But even there, I'm not 100 percent sure. I think Country Dreamer, out of all the related songs, even though that late, that was eventually used as a B-side, mm-hmm. that right. might have been a single, a uh, catchy song. little single. Um, but no, I don't see a real single here. Yeah, the other ones, even the best ones here, are a little maybe arguably a little long, maybe awkwardly structured for a, a quick single. I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's get to the other track that's you know kind of you either love it or you hate it, and that's that's what ends the album, and that's the the medley. Um, Kit, you know, talk about the medley because. You know, Paul, you know, during Memory Was Paul, he forgot about the medley here, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, again, it's, it's, it's what, uh, four tracks. Um, and do you think they gel, gel, you know, the way they should? Or what are your feelings on, on the medley? Because I know some I, people love it. And some people are not fans of it. Yeah, I think it's okay. Um, it, it has very mixed results for me. I, I liked, you know, two of the songs more than the other. I like Hands of Love. I, I think that may be my favorite. Um, you know, in fact, I wish he had flushed it out more, um, in, you know, into an entire song. I think that it has some charm to it, um, but obviously it would need more lyrics to, uh, to make it a full song. Um, and Power Cut. I, I think has uh, some, you know, uh, is catchy as well, has some nice harmonies uh, from uh, Linda and Paul. I think that could have been 
uh, an interesting, you know, full song as well. I think, you know, I like the guitar solo uh, in that from uh, from Henry. But Hold Me Tight and, and Lazy Dynamite, those two just don't work as well for me. I think they're kind of repetitive. Uh, they yeah. just don't really go anywhere. Um, and so those two kind of ruined the medley for me. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I think the, the two, the other two I mentioned, Power Cut and, uh, and uh, Hands of Love, I think if, if he could have flushed that, those two out into full songs, you know, that maybe forget the medley and just have those, those two. So yeah, the medley just didn't really work for me. I just thought it was very uneven. Okay. Okay, Joe. Um, and loop is is not considered part of the medley, right? No, no. no. All right, so, uh, so well, hold me tight. Uh, I like the feel of it at first. It does get repetitious. I think uh, after a while, it turns into a also starts to turn into a little song and dance show. <laughs> you know, show tunes. Hold me tight. Just give me a break. That's part do of not, who that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that, but there's other times when I like it. I don't okay. like it here. Okay. And uh, Lazy Dynamite. Is that just, you see, I have, feel like Paul actually like, thought, oh, it's a good title, Lazy Dynamite. What can I do about it? What can I do with it? Lazy yeah. Dynamite, Lazy Dynamite, Lazy. <laughs> come on, come on. It sounds good. Make a song. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't really, although I love Check My Machine. Yeah. <laughs> Check My Machine. It works sometimes. What that's a supposed to be a crazy experimental track like you but said anyway, contradiction here right but at least i'm honest with other people you either like everything or they hate everything you know i don't know somebody between be um but anyway i think it's a, a pretty weak medley overall hands of love you know i listened to this album i want to get a lot of these points in today again it i dislike it as much if not more than I did when I first heard it as a teenager I just every now and then I put this on it hasn't grown uh, and when I listened to the medley, especially the Hands of Love came on, and I'm, I started to think at that point, like this whole album is full, like when I saw you last night, hold me tight, lazy dynamite, la 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 la, whoa 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 whoa, which I gave a free pass to. Whoa whoa. whoa I was gonna whoa. say, yeah, don't don't diss the whoa whoa whoa. <laughs> and this we got ba 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 ba. You know what it always reminds me yeah, of? Yeah, the ba 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 ba. That was bad. I agree with that. <laughs> Before I forget about this, you know. I cut Paul out of slack. I love he's, he's the I still call him the state greatest songwriter in my view. Mm. But but you know, especially back then when he had the reputation for silly love songs, writing silly love songs and sugary trite material and all that. I never really thought about it till till today's listen. I think that comes from here. This album, mm. I think, is the epitome of what for those who feel that way about Paul, who degrade him and insult his work. We think all it is is silliness. That might have had a lot to do with this album because it came, that assessment came around this time. And I, I, I'm reminded of the Ruddles today when I'm listening to this and that little joke when he's writing a song and he's going dee 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 on the piano. I'm thinking nowhere nowhere in Paul's career really that I just hitting me today after all these decades does that come into real field in this album for me. You know, it's just like, to me, it's, a, you know, I'm going through the whole album now. I'm not just going through the medley. But, yeah, I don't really, it, it's not a good medley at all for me personally. Um, I, I don't know. Okay. All right. Ken? 
We're on two different planets, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> you know, when you study Paul's entire body of work, he has certain strengths. He's got, like I said, the greatest gift of melody. He's one of the greatest vocalists of all time. He does great arrangements of his songs. Sometimes his lyrics may seem like they could be stronger, but I'm not that much of a lyrics person. You know, I mean, Talked about if, that, if, yeah. if lyrics are adequate and they fit the song and there's enough of a message in the song and it works, I'm happy with it. I think that when he does these medleys, it's beyond brilliant. I do not feel like this is a very repetitious medley with the songs. I think that each song is just the right length. It doesn't go on too long for me. As soon as you're into it, then you're into the next song. And the vocals. I mean, I just said he's one of the greatest singers of all time. Listen to the way he ends Hold Me Tight with that high note at the end. Hold me tight. That really long note. It's amazing. Um, and at the very end, when you've got all four songs being played at the same time, you know, segging into each other, it's so absolutely brilliant. You know, um, I really think that this is masterful. And I wish he did more medleys, you know. Um, I love it. You know, I have no problem whatsoever. Yeah. I think this, the, you know, it's a work of art when you can do something like that. Okay. Can I can, can I add something because uh, I, I have a note here and it fits in now I think pretty much with this. You know we've talked about this before. Before I did the show, I was thinking I agree. For me, if a song is about the music, probably first because you can have music without lyrics. Mm -hmm. And I think the best thing, so if the lyrics can come together with great music or great medley, that's even more special, right? If it works sometimes, but you can have a, a music without without words. But I was thinking again. And today, the first time, I, you know, in pre preparation for the show, probably the, the Paul's best five songs, and that's hard to say because he's got so many hundreds of songs, right? Mm. Let It Be, Maybe I'm Amazed, Hey Jude, Eleanor Rigby, and Yesterday. All of those songs have more depth. Great Toonsmith and Melody Master and the best that ever lived in my book that he is. Mm -hmm. Still, those five songs, I just thought those all have a little more substance, heart, feel or about something, you know, deeper. And, and, and if I'm in the mood to hear a check by machine, I can listen, you know, I can listen to it or nothing for free or whatever. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. But I don't know why it doesn't work for me. I try not, you know, you can't always explain these things. It, it, this particular album, they don't work for me. They seem like really just kind of like lazy and struggling to come up with his identity which he would do later on on band on the run he'd come into his own finally but yeah. he's trying to work at it and that's how i get the feel of the album of this album. well well this this medley for me and i'm trying to find who said it i'm scrolling in the comments and i can't find it now so i apologize whoever whoever said this uh i i can't find who said it now but but i i think for me the medley the person who said this i agree it's it sounds forced and I, I think that's a, for me, that's a fairly, I mean, that's how it come, came off to me. I think that's a pretty good way of putting it, that it just, you know, he's trying to make these, you know, these pieces work together and just some, some work better than others. Let's, let's put for me that right. it, it does. So I thought that was a good way of putting it. It's, yeah. it's, it does some kind of forced. 
I, I think mm -hmm. you have to remember too that not only was he trying to find his identity, but he was also trying to find an identity for the band. And that we don't really realize that how different that this record really could have been, which we'll talk about a little, a little in a little bit. But but this album was was the result of of not being the not having it as he originally intended it to be. So I I think we we got to take that under consideration as well. But when it regards to the medley. You know, you know, I, I, the the hold me tight. I think that probably goes on for like thirty seconds, a little too long. I think the hold me tights is just. I think this 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 medley could probably be be a minute shorter, um, without the all the repetition repetition in it. But I I agree with you, Kit. Though the hands of love, I think, is the standout uh, mm -hmm. of the four um, for me because I, it feels like more like a song in a way to where it's just not, you know, a repetitive type of thing with, with uh, Hold Me Tight. But Ken, I, I think you were getting ready to say something too. Uh, if you want to, go ahead. Just, I think we all have different sets of ears here and different opinions. Mm -hmm. And I don't think yeah. that this medley sounds forced. I, you know, because all four songs were written separately. I don't think Paul had any idea that they would be in this order, but I think that they flow together extremely well. Mm. Now, on the other hand, what Paul did at the end of Egypt Station with something like Hunt You Down going into right. Naked, that mm -hmm. did not flow well. That was very abrupt there. And I, I felt like that didn't work as a medley. I love the songs, <laughs> but I just yeah. don't think that, that you know, when you combine the three songs there, it didn't work as well, at least those two songs together. Yeah. But these four songs, I think, really flow. I, I, I'll give you that, and I'll, and I'll also say that I mean, the medley, the supposed medley at the end of Memory Almost Soul just doesn't work uh, for me as, as, as maybe as well as, because you can say about flowing into another song, I mean, look how look how masterfully those, those songs flow together on Abbey Road, right, on those right. Uh -huh. you know, You know, when we think medley, I mean, that's what we think, I mean, how these songs, you know, flow together so well that, you know, if we don't hear, if we hear it and we don't think it does, then we just, you know, go ahead and just say, oh, this is crap. You know, it, it, it's nowhere near as good as the past stuff that he's done medley wise. Uh, but but we don't think, well, OK, maybe there is some some value and you might not like it as a whole. But individually, there, there might there is some stuff that you can really enjoy. Like, I mean, like I can, you know, hands of hands of our um, damn it. Uh, uh, what's the call again? The hands of love. Was that what it was hands called? Yeah, hands of love. Yeah. Oh. yeah. You know, again, I think that's that's one of the better songs on the album. It just mm -hmm. happens to part of a, a larger, you know, chunk of, of music that I don't necessarily think is 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 as good as other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think people sometimes get caught up in comparing everything to the Beatles. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and we all have our own opinions and everything. To me, what really matters is, is this worthwhile to listen to? Not necessarily, because if you compare everything to the Beatles, you're gonna you're gonna come up short. I got a lot of other artists. Yeah. So you know, uh, to me, this is so worthwhile listening to. Okay, cool. Um, Joe, let's start with you on this. Uh oh, um, what's what's, just, the topic? <laughs> what's the topic? I, I want to see what other people love or or dislike about this album. So let's talk about you know favorites. Not so much Joe's. Let's start with you. I mean. Are there any other standouts to, to you on this album, or is it, or is just Big Farm Ben and Love that it? I mean, let's, let's. Well, like I said, I think 
I think Big Barn Bad and Milo for me are, in, are you know, knock to a one-two punch, and then to me it just goes down. When I listen to it today and Get on the Right Thing came on, and every time I hear that, I love the beginning. There's something about the beginning, the way it kind of creeps in there, and tantalizes you a little bit, the way it's going to start. And, and it, by the way, instrumentation is fantastic on on the record. I have nothing against any of the the musicians. I think it's it's well played. You know, there's great work on uh, musicians on this. But um, I don't know. This time I just thought it. I don't know. I thought get on the right thing. Kind of like goes off and kind of like you don't know uh, if it's going to end or or, or or different kind of feels how it's, if it should end or maybe it didn't. I don't know. It goes. It overstays its welcome a little bit to me. You know what I mean? Um, so that's how I feel about that as far as not really liking that one. But as far as um, look at my list here. Uh, one more kiss. I like one more kiss uh, as far as a nice little, you know, ditty that Paul does so well with uh, a good melody and catchy and all that, of course, you know, um, but it's not really that much of anything, but it's, it's enjoyable, you know, when you're listening to the album. Uh, single pigeon that sounds unfinished to me sounds like a, a forgotten piano demo or something like that uh, and again then i say is i know sometimes not that there's anything wrong with that other <laughs> times you really you, you feel like well you know that's okay so that's good i don't know why you know in this con the context of this listen to this record it strikes me as you know being a kind of throwaway uh um when the night I really, it's okay, but I consider it almost like a rewrite in Places of Tomorrow in a way that the, the part about like when he sings Bring a Bag of Bread and Cheese, that whole part sounds yeah. a little bit like the, in When the Night. It sounds like it's a, a, a repeat of it to me. I, I uh, It's okay, you know? And Little Lamb Dragonfly, I didn't know who was going to bring this up first. I'm going to be the guy that's going to get hanged for this, okay? Because I, I only know two other people that have told me they don't like Little Lamb Dragonfly. I know... Everybody loves it. It's considered fantastic. One of Paul's maybe best of all. Uh, I just think it's a, it, as such for me, it's his most overrated song, if that's the case. Um, I don't know. Maybe it shines brighter for people on here because the rest is, is kind of mediocre uh, by the numbers and undeveloped. I don't know. I don't I'm saying a lot there. <laughs> Get those tomatoes ready. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, I'm looking my, I, I, I like loop. I like Loop a lot uh, I, I, because it's, you know, it's experimental. It's uh, it's different. It's challenging. It, it sounds like a, something a little unusual that calls my interest. Um, but overall, I, I got to go with the idea, as I said, that I just think this is uh, Paul at, at, at his weakest. I think he's capable of a lot better than this, Beatles and non-Beatles. Um, I, recently, if I go on a tangent for a moment, I was listening to All Things Must Pass again in the car. The whole thing I had a long drive. I heard the whole thing. And the 50th anniversary, which I really love. I really love what they did with that. Mm -hmm. You know, And again, I'm thinking, you know, these are obvious things you would think you would have thought of all these decades. So, you know, George, again, a lot of personal stuff, a lot of spiritual stuff, a lot of depth to his songs. John, you know, to, as we know with John. And Paul doesn't always have to do that. I'm okay with Junior's Farm. I love, that's one of my favorite songs of his. It's just complete lunacy and throwing ideas around, you know. It doesn't have to always be Eleanor Rigby, you know. But I just was starting to, to be reminded of this today, listening to this album. I just felt like 
this very well could, could be on the bottom for me, which we'll, we'll get into later. I didn't think that going into this. It's been a while. But Ooh. just, did I cover it all? I think I covered <laughs> it all. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, Ken, you've been making some interesting uh, faces there. Uh, while to, uh... I don't know what you mean, Tom. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of restraint. I know. God bless you. A lot of restraint. I know. Probably. But, uh, Ken, set Joe straight. <laughs> that's I why you think, let me go um, first <laughs> now i've said many times little lamb dragonfly is one of the greatest songs ever in paul mccartney's entire catalog it is absolutely gorgeous in its melody and you know you could even call it a medley because it does feel like there's all these different sections you know i hate to sound repetitive <laughs> but uh it just it flows like a great McCartney song does, like a band on the run, like an Uncle Albert Admiral Halsey. It's so gorgeous in the melody and the guitar playing. Um, and and uh, it's just, it's it's so beautiful in its melody and the way Paul sings it. And, you know, I'm just stunned when I listen to something like that. I really do think it's definitely of the best of his of all time. I only wish that he had done that song live imagine that in the 76 tour on the acoustic set oh right. man I, I would have been melting you know if he did a song like that um, he sings it very well if i may he sings it very well little lamb dragonfly yeah it's very heartfelt um the entire album i always liked the only song i ever had a problem with well actually early on i struggled with a lot of paul's experimental wacky stuff so i didn't get loop <laughs> when it first came out just like i didn't get Karina crory you know and now i wish he did a lot more of that stuff you know loop as as we discovered talking to denny sywell um was just created like on the spot in the studio right you know and i love when paul does stuff like this the fireman stuff is like that you know, coming into the studio and not having any idea just creating something out of thin air kind of and, um, you know, I love all the sounds on loop, but really the only song I ever had a problem with in the very beginning was Single Pigeon because it did seem like, you know, not that much of an effort was put behind it. Maybe it did sound like Joe said, like a demo, whereas now I like the song a lot more, but the entire album as a whole has some of his greatest melodies, excellent singing. All of side one is masterful to me. Big Barn Bed is a great opening number. You know, it could have easily had been a single. There's so many songs that Paul could have released as singles in the 70s off his albums that he didn't. And, um, you know, it's it's catchy as hell, Big Barn Bed. I love the, um, the lead guitar work from Henry McCullough uh, on there. It's just so perfect. You know, that's one of the great things for me about studying Wings. As much as I would like to see each lineup it's keep the same right without the fourth and fifth members leaving there's a huge difference if you really listen to the guitar playing of henry along with jimmy mcculloch and then lawrence juber you can tell they're different styles yeah big barn bed works because uh, you know part of what henry plays in his lead guitar work there it's so right for a blues guitarist to play what he did <clears throat> i love the guitar playing on uh, get on the right thing though that was david spinoza because um, Get on the Right Thing and Little Lamb Dragonfly originated from the Ram Sessions. 
Right. So they just did some touching up on those two songs to put it on Red Rose Speedway. You know, Only One More Kiss is very much in that same vein as Country Dreamer. You know, these great acoustic songs that Paul does so well. And, you know, Only One More Kiss is, you know, in the same vein as I Will. You know, all these songs that sound so simple, beautiful melody, off the cuff. He comes up with these things that sound like he could have written it, you know, in five minutes, but they work for him. You know, um, Get On The Right Thing is... I love that song to death. It's funky as hell. I love the drumming from Betty Sywell on there. Listen to the fills that he does on both Get On The Right Thing and Big Born Bed. He helps to really make that song and the entire arrangement of it. Um, everything, you know, uh, especially side one is so great. And then now I really appreciate Loop than I, more than I ever have before. When the Night is very different. I don't know what time signature Paul is using in the song, but it's very different from most typical songs there. And again, Denny Sywell accentuates the song a lot with his with his drumming, which he's very proud of with that particular song. Um, wow. It's got, you know, a, a melody that's kind of quirky and different. But again, it works, you know, in the McCartney vein. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all these songs stick out in your head except for Loop. <laughs> Um, and now I like Single Pigeon more. So overall, you know, I consider this, I think Paul's made, in my mind, 10 albums that I would truly consider to be great. And up until recently, I called this a near great album. And now I'm calling it great. Mm. Just okay. as the single album, not even counting the double album. Right. Well, yeah, we'll talk about a double album here in a few minutes. But uh, Kit, um, you know, notable tracks, tracks you're not very fond of still to this day or any growers for you on this album? Yeah, there there are a, a few growers. I'll, I'll say, yeah, first three tracks are, 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 I think, like, you know, just a one, two, three punch. I mean, as you as you said, Ken, Big Barn Bed, great opener. I mean, just a great mm -hmm. rocker, you know, really gets you going. Um, and then, of course, my love, as we've talked about, you know, one of his best. Uh, and, I, and yeah, big fan of Get On The Right Thing. I mean, that that is just, as you said, uh, Ken, you know, funky. And I'm glad you mentioned uh, Denny Sywell's drumming on that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you hear just some great fills that that he's doing. I mean, he was he is so good. I mean, great. such a, you know, one of my favorite. Uh, wings drummers hands down um and uh okay folks uh get out the um oh no first i'll mention one more kiss um i'm i'm kind of iffy on this song i mean i like the country uh tone to it but it's just never done a lot for me um i i don't know i just it, it's okay um i it's just never really set me on fire I and mean, it's it's just a little maybe um repetitive uh lyric uh, lyrically i i don't know it, it's just um it's just okay uh for me hmm. uh okay little and lamb dragonfly okay folks get out the tomatoes whoa <laughs> it's no, for the three people i know now okay i don't hate it i i really don't um i've just never quite understood the the magic that everybody talks about with this yeah. song I, I i will have to agree with you joe um i've always felt this is a little overrated too it's not i don't hate it as i said Little lamb. uh it, it goes on a little too long 
I think it's what over six minutes and that's um, yeah, that's long. And um, but not just that. Um, I I don't know. I I just think he's done a lot better than this. So, I mean, it's it's okay. Um, I I I don't know. I mean, it's just pretty. Uh, he sings it very well, as as we've talked about. His voice is is lovely. Um, you know, I like. Uh, you can really hear Linda's harmonies on this. Um, you know, and 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 by the way, I'll say that. Uh, many of these tracks, uh, by the way, the album tracks, you know, really does some nice harmonies um, mm-hmm. on this album, really comes through. Um, you know, and, but I just, I don't know what it is. Um, I've just never found this to be that outstanding. I, I don't know. I, I, I can't I mean, put I, my finger on it either, kid. Exactly. Yeah. I just know it's not all that to me, you know. It's, I mean, exactly. I, I mean, I, yeah, it's not terrible. I just think, you know, I could name a lot of other songs that I think are a lot better than this. So I, I'm I'm in your corner on this one, Joe. I and I know we're in the minority. We're in the minority. I <laughs> yeah, get that's it. All right. We're I wrong. don't think yeah. it's a, a beautiful <laughs> melody. Yep. Throughout it's, it's the whole okay. song. It's it's okay. <sighs> I, I don't know. I, I just don't know what it is. I've never connected with this song. I, I I don't know. So you know, so I'm I'm with you on this, Joe. I'm I just uh you know, so go ahead, throw the throw the tomatoes at us. I, as Ringo know. would say. Yes, mm, as Ringo would me. say. Uh, well, kid, single... I, I'm surprised. I really thought you were on the right thing, but I guess ah! <laughs> I'm just a single pigeon on this. I know yeah, that. Let, let's not make it one to remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and speaking of single pigeon, yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of single pigeon i just uh kind of like what you said uh joe it's it sounds like yeah just sort of half finished i've I've just never uh when the night this was a grower um Mm -hmm. and kind of what you said ken um you know it's very unusual um as, as you said in the uh time signature love the uh, you know the call and response great guitar solo mm. from Henry McCullough. It's hard to define it. Um, you know, sounds a little bit like Blue Moon of Kentucky in terms of chord changes, but it's a little tropical at, at times. You know, it sounds a little bit like Sea Moon. Is it country? Is it tropical? I mean, it's really hard to define. Uh-huh. But uh, that, that's what makes it good. Um, you know, that it is so unusual. Right. Uh, so this has been the grower uh, for me. Um, loop i've never i'm still kind of undecided about loop because it is so weird Uh um and i do love weird paul don't get me wrong i've talked about how how i like the weird (laughs) side of paul but this one i don't know it's another one that goes on a little too long for me um and um you know when reading the mccartney um um oh my god legacy thank you legacy (laughs) the mccartney legacy and they talked about how pretty high they were when they were recording that and and working on it and i thought that explains it (laughs) but it's an interesting experiment so just one one you know segment of the sessions i mean as we know there's different you know parts but but i i I get where you're coming from but yeah yeah so uh, yeah use that as why glenn johns left but i don't know necessarily believe buy into it that that's you know why the album maybe doesn't hold up to some to some people's eyes yeah Yeah. so i don't know so i'm kind of iffy on that so there are some you know moments on here that that i like but it's still still pretty uneven for me but there are some tracks as i said 
first first uh, side, but that three, those three that go right into each other, really strong. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, how about me, you, Tom? This well, this is a, the tale of two albums for me. Um, I, I, <laughs> I think the A side is one of Paul's absolute best. I, I think this is one of the great A sides in in his in his complete in his entire discography. And I'm, I love every single track. Um, I'm, I'm on board for every single track. The, the, the sound of, I listened to the Half Speed Master today and it sounded fantastic. Um, the vocals really come through. There's this great separation. You really hear every instrument uh, on, on this Half Speed Master. Uh, but, but yeah, the one, two, three punch, Big Bar Bed, My Love, and Get on the Right Thing, I think are. Are, are killer um it's just like that uh the wings over america opener right of of uh of venus and mars rock show and then and then into chat I mean, yeah good call yeah this is kind of a killer uh you know one more kiss i i, I adore uh i love it more i love it more lyrically than i do uh, musically but I, I i do i love it musically as well but uh, but yeah, Little Land Dragonfly, I I I think is a masterpiece. I love how uh, it how it the two connect. I love how it goes into uh, you know the the Lamb segment or the yeah Lamb, Little Land Dragonfly segment, and um, it really works as as to me because I consider it kind of a medley. I mean, it really is kind of in a way two different songs, and uh, it, it works as, as as two different songs here for me. Um, but then when you flip it over, that's when I start kind of having some issues. I mean, we, we talked about, um, you know, single pigeon a little bit. I mean, it's, 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 it's fine, but it, it doesn't, you know, hold a candle to, to, the, to the songs on, on, on side one or a, um, you know, when the night is fun, I, I had no problem with that loop listening to loop. I told you guys earlier on, on, um, uh, earlier today on this half speed master i have found i found new respect for for just for hearing you can hear everything a lot more clear on it and you can you know really appreciate uh, what he was trying to do um again like you can i love it when he when he does little things like that experimental mm-hmm. things like two 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 uh yeah. right from almost full you, you think it. about you know rinse the raindrops which you know ken ken you're talking about how he just goes in and then just creates stuff into the studio right. uh, you know that was that was created in the studio you know, kind of like really love you was was created in the studio as well, um, but then yeah, but the medley for me just doesn't uh, just doesn't sit well um, with me. So again, side A I think is a masterpiece. Uh, the flip side, which we can talk about now, because we have all these songs that we learned about a couple years ago on the uh, on the Red Rose Speedway uh, box set, and we're going to get into now the uh, the potential of a double album. We know. That EMI, after reading the McCartney Legacy book, you know, did not want a double album. They had so much stuff. You got the red and the blue coming out. You had the George Harrison, you know, living in the material world coming out. Is that they were thinking of that as well? So bring it down to a single single album. Not only did they want a single album, but they also just wanted Paul vocals. So there goes, I mean, other great tracks. I think Seaside Woman is one of the best things Linda uh, ever wrote and sang. Um, so I, I think that's kind of missing. I also kind of believe that, okay, yeah, if, if Paul really wanted to, because, okay, listen, I'll give you all Paul on, on side A, right? Flip it over 
then let's really see what the band can do. You know, let's let's put on a seaside woman or let's put on a like, you know, like an eyeliner around or I would only smile or, or something to showcase, you know, Henry a little bit more. Um, you know, with, with one of the live albums like Best Friend or or um, um, The Mess, uh, you know. So I really think if if you would have thought it, I, I, I kind of feel like they would have said, OK, you know, you can have side, a, you know, do side A for us and then, you know, do side B for for Wings. And the fact that they also had then had to call themselves Paul McCartney and Wings, too, I think was kind of a, a little bit of a, a, you know, a slap in the face uh, to, to, you know, a Beatle, uh, one of the most successful artists of all time, especially, you know, even at that time, I mean, you can, you can consider Paul one of the greatest musicians of all time at that point in time. But uh, Ken, you know, you, you got the Red Rose Speedway box set, you, you know, you see all these songs, all the possibilities. Um, mm. the, um, the, um, the double album, the proposed double album was released at the same time uh, with this. Uh, also, the CD is on the box set. You know, talk to me in, in about these tracks that weren't used, you know, like Mama's Little Girl, Tragedy, you know, Night Out, Jazz Street, you know, 1882. Um, you know, what do you think about <laughs> these? The work better is a double album, you know? Well, you know, it's kind of different when you've grown up with it as a single album. And I was very used to it as a single album and liked it just as it was. And when you later on learned of the track listing, because there were two proposed right. track listings. Right. Um, and I knew most of the other songs anyway, because they were either B-sides or they were on cold cuts right. um, at the time. So I could hear all that in my head. But then when you actually play it, when it was released you really get the feeling that this was more of a band when you do that. I, I do um, regret that that decision wasn't made and Paul just acquiesced, you know, with the record company. And, um, but, you know, a, a, another point to be made here is I'm sure that the band was a bit frustrated that this wasn't a double album, but I don't think that would have changed the outcome of what happened with the first li lineup because Henry would have left anyway. He was still mm -hmm. having problems with Paul. And the main reason, well, there are two reasons why Danny Sywell left, and that's because um, he wanted Paul to wait until he got another right. guitarist before going to Lagos, and he wouldn't do that. He had an itching to make the album for Band on the Run. And then there were the money problems, because mm -hmm. they weren't paid very well. Oh, and um, I'm sorry, Ken, but that's partly um, Denny and Hen Denny Lane and Henry's fault. I mean, they were already contracted with other with other labels, you know. So I mean, that that has to be recognized as well. I know, but I'm just saying that I think that the same thing would have happened. I still think that that Henry would have left anyway, even if the double album came out. They okay. would have been pleased. They would have been presented more as a band, but um, and I wish that it did come out as a double album. I do think that. It really showcases the other members, like you even have Seaside Woman for Linda for her lead vocal. And, you know, well, huh, I'm also thinking about the live, the live album from 72 that came out, too, because she had I, I Am Your Singer on there. Right. So you had Paul and Linda sharing lead vocals. And you had I Would Only Smile from Denny Lane. So and then you had the songs like I Lie Around, which even though it was written by Paul, Denny Lane sang the verses and Paul sang the chorus. Actually, Paul sang the last verse, I think. But still, you would have heard the others much more and it would have felt more like, you know, it was truly a, a you know, a band album. But I like all the songs that made it there. I mean, I loved all these songs when they came out as B-sides, Country Dreamer, 
I think is, you know, a perfect B-side. And it's Country Dreamer is just like only one more kiss to me. It's another song just like that. Um, <clears throat> I loved I Lie Around a lot, especially when Paul is belting his vocals there in the song. Um, Night Out is a an interesting song only in, in the sense that I got used to Night Out when it was first on Cold Cuts. And by then it was already, they developed verses for the song. Whereas the version that came out on the Red Rose Speedway box set, when it was first done, only had the chorus. It wasn't a fully developed song. It's a good rocker, but you know, more work had to be done uh, for it. Um, I love I Would Only Smile. Very strong song from Denny Lane. Um, I have always loved Tragedy. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a great cover right there. And a very unique arrangement because Paul's playing the sitar on there. You know, that is a sitar uh, that you hear on the song. And, um, you know, that one of those gentle ballads with a great soft delivery from Paul, uh, Mama's Little Girl. Again, all these acoustic songs, they're all in the same camp to me. Mama's Little Girl, Only One More Kiss, you know. Um, country dreamer part of the country you know they're all in the same vein to me and um they all work if you like one song chances are you'll like the other um best friend is a pretty simple rocker i don't think it's nearly as strong as high 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 as a rocker but i liked it and again it would have given the album more of an edge like you said tom um i'm just looking at everything here on the on the the double album does anything that i'm missing um no, I think I, well, you add the mess to the mess and best friend definitely right. would have added a lot more of a rock edge to the album. So, yeah, I do wish overall that it came out as a double album um, and maybe the public would have appreciated Wings more as a band and recognized more of the contributions of the others. But I don't think it would have changed what what happened with Ben on the run and Henry leaving and then Denny yeah. Sywa leaving. Okay, very good. Joe, you familiar? Did you get familiar with the, when this box set came out? With uh, I mean, obviously we, we knew uh, I lie around. We knew the mess, country dreamer. Uh, when this when this box set came out, I mean, were you aware of say something like tragedy or 1882? Well, how familiar with were you with uh, with some of these tracks? Well, uh, the box set, the, the the deluxe box set was like the last one I got. Like I didn't get it when it first came out, I, I, and I don't think I pl I played the the tracks from the box set but uh my friend jeremy who from the fest uh did get me the vinyl uh oh. the red rose speedway extended album now and i and i only played that i played that right away and i played it and i remember thinking i think i like this effect better than the single album when mm -hmm. i first heard it but in fairness i even though i remember liking it better I don't remember all the songs. So today in preparation for this, I did a, a search and I listened to some of them. Um, and I would say I like I, I Would Only Smile. I think that uh, Denny Lane uh, actually would have improved this album, you know. And I say that that way, nothing against Denny Lane. But I mean, I, I would maybe wouldn't say that for all the other Paul albums necessarily, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but this one, I think that, that would have improved it. I like Seaside Woman. I've always enjoyed that to have Linda doing Seaside Woman. Although I'm not a big fan of the mess, um, I still think it, it would have been a, a bit of a, you know, more, like I said, edgy uh, addition to the album. Uh, Country Dreamer, I said how much I enjoy that. I already enjoy it as a B-side. 
It, I would have liked it on the album. Uh, and then Tragedy, I like the Bee Gees Tragedy better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm not, but you know, again, some songs you do like instantly, and some songs you need more time. And some songs, like again, back to what I was saying, mm. this album just never grew on me. Although, if I could backtrack a little, you were talking about, okay, were you saying that When the Night was the Grower? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If there is a grower with potential for me, it would be that, I think, mm-hmm. that one. But anyway, yeah, yeah some are growers, some are not. And um, from what I can recall, uh, the, some of the other ones were, they didn't really knock me out, the other ones, the uh, Paul songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I dare say. The Rockers are right, 1882. Yeah. Uh, was, was, was good. You know, yeah, I, I, that's about all I could say. I only played the, 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 the two record set once. Thought it was a better experience. I think this album could benefit from being a little more of a group, group effort. And and before I forget to say this again, I want to make it clear how much I love Big Barn Bed, and that includes the driving backbeat. You know, I don't want if you're listening, Danny. You know, Danny Sigh, Well, I love your drumming. I like Wildlife better than I do Red Rose Speedway. Just you know, so you you know, so you know that. Uh, anyway, I I want to say that because you hear people say things. Some of your uh, colleagues and you're like oh I, I want to make a point of that too saying that too i do like the, as i said earlier i like the musicianship it's mostly the songs yeah. themselves are my favorite songs okay all right Kit, you i mean does this album work better for you as a double album or were there some some albums or some tracks that were on the proposed double album that you think would have gone better on on what 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 and eventually became or what are your thoughts on that oh absolutely i mean i i think there are some tracks on that were supposed to be on the double album that you know either this this should have been made a double album or maybe even swap some out i mean night out i i love night out i mean that's a great rocker um you know kind of reminds me a little bit of rock show that i mean it could have also been a great album opener um you know it'd been, instead of Big Barn Bed, although Big Barn Bed is such a, a great one too. But, um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, maybe some lyrics could have been added to flesh it out a little bit more, but otherwise great jamming from the whole band. Um, you know, again, Denny Sywell shines on this, hmm. um, you know, just a great song. I love Country Dreamer. I, hmm. I think it shouldn't have been relegated to a b-side i i think it's you know kind of part two of heart of the country i i love it um you know i'm sorry i think this could have been swapped you know one more kiss could have been swapped out for this one i've just always been a big big fan of this song uh seaside woman i i've always enjoyed that too i i think you know that that could have gone on the album and and this has been a grower for me uh over time um and you know there's there's just such a you know, charm about it, uh, and you know, you can't go wrong with reggae either. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, but but it's uh, you know, great lyrics. Uh, I I just always enjoyed it. Uh, I lie around. Uh, you know, we've talked about this a little bit already. Um, but um, you know, great to to have Denny Lane um, take the lead on much of it. Uh, and uh, and I I just think it's uh, you know, it's a it's a you know, great showcase for him, and it would have been nice to 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 have that. Uh, best friend. Um, I don't know if I'm kind of torn about because I like it. It's it's also a, a great rocker. It kind of has an Elvis 
sort of it's Paul doing kind of his Elvis mm. uh, thing. I, I don't know, you know, if it would have been an absolute necessity to, to include that on the album, but, but again, it's, and particularly since it's a live recording, you know, it just shows how they really gelled uh, as a right. live band by that time, you know, in 72. Um Mama's little girl, um, you know, it's it's nothing revolutionary. I mean, it's not a, you know, the lyrics aren't deep or anything like that. But it has that guitar picking, you know, reminiscent of Blackbird or Mother Nature's Son, um, and uh, that's why I selected it. It's it's a, you know, it's another kind of charmer. Um, and uh, I also uh, I like tragedy. Um, you know, no, it's not the Bee Gees, but uh, but I do like their cover a lot. Um, and uh, it's apples and oranges. Yes, exactly. It's apples and oranges, but um, you know, it's a great cover. Uh, not the Bee Gees, uh, but beautiful yeah. chord changes. Um, you know, gorgeous harmonies. I mean, again, yeah. it just shows you how you know Wings were really get you know really great at this point you know, really tight harmonies um and uh you know just just uh, sort of a haunting uh, song i think this should have made the final album for sure um so you know i remember when we first got that box set and right. you know and i heard a number and some of these i had heard before of course but uh but i just thought why wasn't this on the final album why wasn't this on the final album Get rid right. of that medley. Put this on the final album. You know, I mean, I remember thinking that um, at the time. So, yeah, I mean, I think if it had been a double album, it 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 could have been a completely different um, right. experience. Because yeah, this was some great material. Yeah, good point. You ever yeah. notice? You ever notice that the the version of tragedy that's on the box set has a different lead vocal from Paul than what was on Cold Cuts? It is a different oh. vocal. Interesting. Really? I haven't listened to Cold Cuts in so long. Yeah. I'll have to go back and listen to that. No, I yeah. haven't noticed that. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. And the the like you said, Kit, the harmonies on on Tragedy. It's such a full sound. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. I I wish that Seaside Woman was on this record. I wish it was the first Linda lead of vocal on a record. I think that would have given her a little bit, maybe a little bit more credibility to towards the fans uh, that maybe thought that she wasn't worthy to be on a, you know, on, on Paul's band, uh, you know, or Wings, um, if you will. But uh, I, I really like the Seaside Woman, and it would have been, a, I think, a, a, a better song than say, you know, Cook of the House uh, as yeah. as a first uh, lead vocal um, for, hmm. for Linda. So Good I mean, point. that's. that's yeah, that, that that for me, I think would have been, and then plus, you know, it, it would have maybe shut uh, Sir Lou Grade up because he had, the, uh, <laughs> you know, the lawsuit with with Paul because he wouldn't believe, couldn't believe that Linda could write a song, uh, so that would have kind of like, you know, that, you know, take care of that situation. But but let's let's uh, let's end with the uh, with our thoughts on on our, our final thoughts on this on this album. Um, after fifty years, I mean, do you do you think it still stands as as one of Paul's um, uh, uh, great, great works. I mean, obviously we've had so many great albums come out after this that, that I mean, it's possible that sometimes that the, an album like this could get buried uh, in, in, you know, in, in between so many other great albums. But, but uh, uh, Kit, uh, let's start with you. I mean, where do you see this album in, in Paul's uh, discography and, and does it hold up? I mean, to you. Um, I, I would say, <laughs> excuse me, that it was, 
I, I would say it's in definitely the lower tier um, of, of his catalog. I mean, it's definitely not, you know, what, what I would call um, among his best. However, I mean, it will always stand as the album with my love. I mean, you know, kind of like what I thought when I first bought it and, and heard it. I mean, it has that, that great, great song on it but i think it it also though should be remembered it's it's the beginning of this turning point in paul's career when wings was really coming together as as a full band you know that that a real real band and and uh and we're we're just a, this this you know tight unit and of course as we know you know uh denny sywell uh, you know, would soon leave and, and, um, and, oh my God. And Henry. Person, Henry McCullough, yeah. thank you. Having a little brain fart there. Henry McCullough, <laughs> you know, would soon leave and there'd be more changes to come. But, uh, but I think, you know, Paul was really starting to find his way in the band with the, with the wings concept at this point. And, mm. and I think, you know, Red Rose Speedway was the beginning of that. Okay. Joe? Um, I think like so many albums of Paul's these days, uh, it's getting reappraised. Some people are liking it more than I've heard before. Same thing happened with McCartney too. When that uh, came out with the archives, uh, it happened for Ram certainly. And in that case, deserve, really deservedly so. Um, and so on. But I think for those who still think this is Paul kind of like uh, at his lower point in the earlier days, um, you know, kind of a mixed album that people don't really love that much. General feeling in some critical circles. I, I, I still agree with that. I've, I've tried this a lot of times, and every time I try it, this album never grows at all, really, on me. Uh, I don't think it's going to. Although I did mention when the night a little bit, but overall, no, it hasn't grown on me. This, but even, even press to play albums I used to put in the bottom, I still do. Driving rain. Those got a little better for me. And on that note, I want to say where I place it, you know, whenever I put the albums in their order of best to least for me, I'm talking about, again, not live albums, not albums of like covers or anything, just Paul's original material. I always put in no particular order. I put Driving Rain at near the bottom. Press the play. Sorry, everybody. I know you guys love it. Uh, Pipes of Peace. And uh, Red Rose Speedway, Driving Rain, Press to Play, Pipes of Peace, Red Rose Speedway. Notice I don't have wildlife in there, which is kind of interesting because a lot of people put that way near the bottom. I think I like, as I said earlier, wildlife over Red Rose Speedway. I just like like uh, how it's kind of more primitive at that time. I don't know, something about it. I think I, I like some of the songs better, to tell you the truth. That's what it comes down to. I think... Red Rose Speedway for me contains some of Paul's weakest material. I know Ken's last, so don't, we'll, he'll he'll he's giving you the skunk eye right now. <laughs> he'll do that. I think it it has some of <laughs> some of Paul's weakest material, weakest songs of his career. And uh, I'm thinking after this, listen, I may never want to listen to this one again. I like to just put on, you know, the first two, put on that great big barn bed. Put on that fantastic My Love and take the needle off, which I really, really will do that. But this may be my dead last after today's listen. 
even under the albums that I mentioned, which for me is saying a lot. I think Driving Rain, what I used to, I used to pick on, I think has more potential for me. I'm starting to like the songs a little more on that when I listen. Damn. You know? So that says a lot Damn. for me. But finally, the thing is, none of those albums, like they don't have anything as great as My Love or <laughs> Big Barn Bed on them anyway. You see, like I don't, that's what happens when you rank an album. Maybe you like two songs a lot, but the rest of it, no. Do you put that as higher than an album, another album where you don't really right. like too many of the songs on there at all? Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, the one album that I'm really, really happy that got re- that's been getting reappraised favorably is is Wildlife. I, I agree with you there. I, yeah. I, I think, you know after all said and done, I think it is a, is a fantastic underrated, underrated album, but, but Ken, you know, you talked about, you know, you feel like this was like in that, uh, you know, the, if he's got 10 great albums, this is one of them. Uh, right. So, I mean, where do you see this? I mean, for example, but, but, uh, where do you see this album now in, in Paul's catalog and, you know, in, in and obviously, it, I mean, it's grown in stat- stature, uh, in your, in your opinion as well. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I appreciate this album more than when it first came out, and I liked it a lot when it first came out. And I think that the the box set had a lot to do with that. Um, but I think if he if he's made ten great albums, and I know a lot of people will say that's way too many, but I do consider you know, about ten of his albums to be great. This would be probably towards the bottom of the ten. Okay. But um, yeah, it's like I said, he when I listen to Paul. There's a lot of reasons why I want to listen to McCartney. I love him for his melodies. I love him for his variety. I love him for the bass playing. I love him for his voice. I love him for the the arrangements of the songs. And yes, I do think he's a far better lyricist than people give him credit for. And I think I'm glad that he put out the lyrics book uh, Mm. to explain some of his lyrics. But, you know, I don't necessarily go to him for his lyrics. You know, I don't always go to him for his depth. And there's a lot of songs in his solo career that do have depth but if you love him for all the things that i just mentioned how can you not love red rose speedway he's got great vocals throughout the whole thing the arrangements of the songs are just right the band is really cooking i like what you said there kid about you know this is paul as he was really building the band and you can tell they were getting better and better and tighter and tighter and you can see that in the live performances too yeah it's just kind of a shame that the fourth and fifth members had to leave, <laughs> you know, right before Band on the Run. So, um, you know, and I like when Paul mixes things up. He's so much known for being Mr. Mainstream, Mr. Pop. Well, part of him is that. But then he throws you loop. You right. know, I love the fact that it's in there. If you talk about swapping songs, I'm sure there's a lot of people that would love to get rid of loop. No, I want to keep it for that reason, because it's out of character for what the, the, the general public thinks of him. Um, so much of what Paul does that's very experimental, he either disguises it like the first two Fireman albums, or he'll make it a B-side or something that he buries on his CD singles. Um, you know, even the, 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 the extra material on McCartney 2 was weirder than what was on McCartney 2. Right. So, uh, but to put it on the album, like he did here with Loop or Karina Crory, I, I love that. Those are bold moves. I love when he does those kind of things. When he does a medley, 
which he's so masterful at doing. I love the fact that he did that again here. Like I said, Little Lamb Dragonfly, I would rate as among the best of his entire career. And really, I agree with you guys, well, some of you, that side one is perfect the way that it is. Um, all five songs, and they all flow together well. Right. And I've, Like I said, I was very used to the single album when it came out, and I love the single album the way it is. If you want to showcase the band's talents, you put out the double album. Um, but, but I do think that it's a, a, an outstanding, an outstanding album. We've seen this trend with early McCartney, Ram, Wildlife, and Red Rose Speedway, for it getting appraised higher now. And I think people love the, the more natural, pure, organic sounds that Paul had in the early years uh, of his solo career and with Wings. Instead right. of being very slickly produced, you know, they love just the band. Right. And... Uh, and that's all captured on on Red Rose Speedway and on Wildlife. Ram is a little bit more polished, but still, you know, I understand why people feel that way right now, production-wise, that a lot of people favor that sound of, of McCartney's, the right. whole 70s sound. Um, yeah. yeah, so I really think that um, this album's grown in stature, and I'm really happy that it has. And um, I think more highly of it now than I did before. Okay, cool. Uh, thank you, Ken. Uh, yeah, I mean, with me, with as strong as as, as the A side is, that kind of goes. It brings it up to to mid, you know, right in the middle of the pack uh, for me, uh, just on the strength of of that side alone. Uh, so it is an album that I I, I do appreciate more uh, over over the time, and uh, I play it more. I, again, I mean, this band. I mean, and I will call it a band. I mean, this this is. I think for me the you know, if you're going to take all the the all the different uh, musicians that Paul had during this time, I think this one was, I think, maybe the best or or more organic uh, in, in in creating songs or writing songs than than maybe the other um, parts of, uh, of of genres or, or not genres, sorry, but uh, other iterations of of the band. Um, and I really, you know, dig what 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 the, the Denny's brought to the picture and, and what Henry, you know, and it's a shame that, you know, that he wasn't happy, you know, with with the fact that, yeah, I mean, he wasn't able to get paid. None of the members really, except for Paul, I mean, who was getting allowance from EMI, EMI but his money was tied up. I mean, I, I think this should be known that his money was tied up because him suing the other three. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean. And then also Denny Lane and, and Henry, they had contracts from, from other labels. So they weren't able to, you know, to sign a contract to get a fair share um, of, 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 of pay. Um, so, and then the fact that he's being asked to play this, you know, the, that solo day in, you know, every night, you know, and, but, but that, again, that, that's Paul. And then, you know, Denny Sidewell said it so perfectly on, on your show, Ken, um, things we said today. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still Paul McCartney that's writing those checks. Um, mm. but, um, but that's another story, which we might, we, we, we may revisit, uh, in the future, but, uh, but guys, thank you very much for, for this, uh, for this show. Thank you for all your comments. Um, let's, uh, let's wrap it up and then let's talk about what we got going on, uh, in our, uh, other lives, uh, not just talk more talk about, uh, Kit, you've been a busy woman. Yes. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, it's, uh, but, but crazy. Um, 
on uh, my other show, Toppermost of the Poppermost, our latest episode just dropped uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, we're looking at the charts for uh, April 1963, where uh, George Martin in the in the UK is uh, building his empire. Uh, that, you know, with of course the Beatles, but also Jerry and the Pacemakers and uh, many other uh, acts. And so, uh, and, you know, of course, in the U.S., uh, we're not uh, seeing uh, the British invasion hit quite yet, obviously. Uh, we're seeing a lot more, you know, pop acts and so forth. We're just having a great time, uh, uh, me, Ed Chen, and uh, Martin Cobell uh, exploring the charts. So please check out our latest episode. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, and I will post uh, the link to our latest uh, episode on Talk More Talk uh, on our, our, our own Facebook page. Uh, and uh, check us out. Please let us know what you think of these episodes. Uh, I also make an appearance on the latest uh, When They Was Fab. Uh, we talk, uh, not the entire episode, but Martin Cobell and I make an appearance and we talk about all this craziness going on with AI. And uh, all of these insane, um, you know, these uh, songs that are popping up of young Paul singing his, uh, you know, newer songs and all this stuff. And so uh, I give my opinion on what I think of these songs. Boy, do I give my opinion. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, so, uh, so do check out the latest episode of When They Was Fab. Uh, so you can find that as well on uh, on Facebook and uh, and both of these shows on anywhere that uh, fine podcasts can be found. <laughs> Excellent, very good. Thank you, Queen Joe. Let's move on to you, my friend. On my YouTube channel, known as Mean Mr. Mayo. Um, I also have talked a little bit about uh, the AI thing that's going on in one of my rant videos. If you want to check it out, uh, all these new songs and quite literally new, because today I heard a version of Paul's song new sung as a Beatles song with John and Paul. I heard that. And I got to tell you, as much as I despise this and don't approve of it, that's one of the ones that I was intrigued by. I got to say, I said, oh, no. <laughs> don't tell me yeah but uh, check that video out overall i you know i'm worried where this is going to lead us um me too also yep. yeah we, yeah well i'm sure we all are worried about it um and then uh, i did a show on uh, the two legs podcast stuck inside these four walls i did it with of course tom Agnati, andy nichols and beetley tone of the beetley tones beetles beetles channel and uh, it was live this time where we got to take some rapid fire questions and uh, always had a good time doing that. That's over at the Two Legs uh, channel. And on my channel, the last thing I, I'll tell you is that's a kind of new video is I was at the Chilla Theater convention, I said earlier. And uh, for music people, there wasn't much music going on there, but I did get to meet Melanie. Which was really uh, fabulous. She was so sweet, so wonderful. And of course, I bought that single, Brand New Key, when I was a child. That might be one of the very first 45s I ever remember buying, with, you know, going down to the record store to pick out uh, on a piece of plastic. So check that video out of the, the Chiller Theater Convention with Melanie. Okay, Joe, what was the uh, the picture that, that she was with John Lennon? What was that event for? Was that the. Yeah, that's what that's. 
Yeah, the one to one, but I never really picked up that oh, she the was there until I saw, until I thought about the picture, and then at the end with China Na and everything, and they're all doing "Give Peace a Chance." And ironically enough, it was a great picture where you basically see John is most of the picture at eight by ten, mm-hmm. and then Melanie's kind of sticking her head over his shoulder, singing a bit, and I couldn't bring myself to get that photo pick to pick that photo to get signed because it was mostly john really you know mm-hmm. I, I wanted a melanie thing so i had to sign it i don't have it here with me an album record album of melanie's lp cover but okay. yeah. yeah that was right. a fun video i saw that that was that was great yeah. <laughs> well i tried to make it a little fun as well as yeah it was a long wait for melanie she was on a break when i got there mm-hmm. but it was well, well worth the wait and uh, before I hand it over to Ken, I just want to say a thank you to everybody that was at the fest that yes. uh, watched our panel and yeah. um, our, you know, our original uh, a member Ken Womack was was there with us and we just had a great, great time, uh, you know, discussing and talking with with everybody after uh, after that show and uh, we were all really busy. It was it was. It was pretty. Hectic. Excuse me, I gotta say in the comments, Tim Allen reminds us, as he often does when he's on my live streams, yeah. machines have been making music for years before AI came in. Tim, when do you last remember that every day there's 25 new Beatles solo Beatles songs or Beatles songs or vocals switched around? That's only today. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, okay. but yes, thank you to everybody who came, and you can of course see the uh, the show that we did at Beetlefest, right, uh, right on this channel. It's, uh, it's up the uh, the panel we did. So do check that out. Okay, Ken. I know again you've uh, you've been uh, putting out a lot of content lately. Yeah, I just wanted to add that um, the great thing about going to the fest, especially these days, is you get right. to see people in the flesh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as much as I love doing this. Everyone that I talk to these days is on camera, <laughs> on Zoom. So um, I know that a lot of people probably missed it last year because of COVID and trying to be careful. It's so nice to see people face to face. So thanks to all of you who came to see our, our panel on 1973. Definitely the best year of the solo careers of the Beatles. Absolutely. And to prove that point, that was the year we got Tom. Yes. To cap it all off. That's right. <laughs> Why is it even a debate? Uh, <laughs> Come on. Anyway, um, my show's here. Things we said today, as I said before, we also did a 50th anniversary salute to Red Rose Speedway and had Denny Sywell to join us. He's always a great guest. And um, if you ever want to learn about wings, learn from the people who actually played with Paul in the band. That's the best way to really know what wings was all about. You learn so much that way. Um, on my YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio, been kind of busy. <laughs> uh, brand new interview with Luca Parasi, who's the author of Paul McCartney Music is Ideas. And he covers the first two decades of Paul's solo career, the Wings period, too. Um, so this is the first of a two-parter that I'm doing with Luca. This is just on the 70s. That's all we talked about in that video. Um, also, I interviewed Michael Ventrella, who's the author of The Beatles on the Charts. You know how much of a charts geek I am here on this show and on things we said today. If you follow the Billboard charts, the singles and the albums, his book tells you everything you need to know. Where the songs peaked, how many weeks it spent on the charts, the whole lifespan of the singles and albums and where they rank overall in history. 
between the group and the solo combined. Hmm. And also there's one other thing that people really like about a book like that one. And I remember when All Together Now came out, the first really great resource book for me on the Beatles. And they had the billboard charts at the very end of the book. And they would list week by week where these songs were and where the albums were. And simultaneously, the songs and albums together. Well, Michael does this from 1964 in the U.S. all the way through the end of 2021. Wow. So, yeah, just the billboard charts in America. So, um, yeah, if you're a charts geek, you will definitely like uh, his book. And by all means, check out the uh, interview that I did with him. Uh, another interview with Chris Engelhart, who put out The Beatles Fully Uncovered which is the ultimate book to get on side projects of the Beatles, what they wrote for the people, what they produce for other people, what they play on for other people. Um, and also this morning, I did a brand new interview with David Jacks, who is the author of uh, a brand new book on Peter Asher called Peter Asher, A Life in Music. Peter has led an amazing life. <laughs> How can anybody, in fact, there's now a documentary that's going to be made on him, which he oh, talked wow. about in the interview and a lot of the, the information is going to be based on interviews that David did that's in his book. So, okay. you know, the Peter and Gordon period. Of course, Paul writing the songs for Peter and Gordon. Paul living in the Asher household. Uh, Peter working for Apple, being the head of A&R, discovering James Taylor, uh, helping James Taylor get a contract with Warner Brothers. All that stuff is in the book. And so many people that he's produced through the years and of course he's a dj on sirius xm on the on the beatles channel he's had such an amazing life that he's still active as a producer he just produced the new susanna hoff's album so we talked for an hour and a half all about peter's life and mixed that with all the the beatle connections even talking about time takes time since wow. peter was one of four producers uh, <clears throat> on that album so that's all on ken michaels radio on my youtube channel if you can please subscribe to that Every little thing, my radio show, heard on 50 radio stations. You can always listen to it on demand um, at WFDU's website, WFDU.FM. They keep two shows there that each run for two weeks. And um, my radio show covers pretty much group solo, thematic sets, interviews, rarities, you name it. It's all mixed together in the one-hour show. And then there's my website, KenMichaelsRadio.com. Don't forget this Beatles trivia every single week. And you can win so many of the, the books that I just mentioned. Chris Engelhart's new book, a new one from Madeline Baccaro on Yoko Ono called In Your Mind, which just came out, by the way, as a hardcover version. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael Ventrella's new book, The Beatles on the Charts. You can I'll win. And um, <laughs> since Denny Sywell, Denny Sywell was on Things We Said Today, I had one copy left. Is it here? Uh, the last Denny Sywell trio album, his jazz combo called Boomerang, which came out, came out five years ago. It's got uh, their version of Live and Let Die on there. And um, yeah, and I think, I think that's everything for me. Oh, by the way, my, my um, YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio, we're doing another trivia show. That's tomorrow night. Andy Nichols is going to be on the show. Oh, boy. Trying to redeem, Tomorrow. trying to redeem the two legs podcast yes. Yes. after after you know Tom messed up big time on the That's first right. show. So no now business. Andy's got Andy's <laughs> got to clean up for Tom, 
And Dylan Seavey is the uh, champ at the moment. And wow. Edward Crawford, who has his own YouTube channel, Call Me Mr. Broadstreet, he is the third contestant. So there'll be another trivia show, which should be going up tomorrow night. My fifth. When are my prizes coming in? I've been wanting to ask you that. <laughs> and actually, um, the, some of the prizes really are from Tom's collection that he won from me, which he, he agreed he was going to send over to you. <laughs> I mean, your your every little thing one is like one question, right? You got to answer right, right? Yeah. Every time you do one, I've answered like three, a bunch of them every show for three shows. I think I get, I get a little prize here. But... Nobody, nobody on the show wins any prizes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I told you. Now yeah. that you're gone, now that I'll have I'll have prizes. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll do that. that was... You've got you had three weeks of bragging rights, so you did you did good, Joe. You did great. Oh, my uh, God. I survived. Oh, before you go, Tom, I for, I forgot to mention where you can reach us. You can reach yes. us. Uh, I totally forgot. Um, uh, you can reach us on our website, talkmoretalk.com. You can email us at talkmoresolotalk at gmail.com. Of course, right here on this channel. Don't forget to subscribe. And uh, also, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, and uh, and you can find us on Twitter at talkmoretalk1, the number one. I, uh, number one, don't. Don't type out one. Uh, I think that <laughs> uh, I think that's everything. So sorry. Go right ahead. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. We want to get all the information out. Yep. While we're still here and breathing, so uh, I'm going to try to go as quickly as possible with the, with two legs. The last couple of weeks, we uh, we uh, we visited our uh, you know, our top ten of of Paul uh, during the Beatles a couple months ago. We did uh, pre six. We did sixty two to sixty six. Uh, two weeks ago, we did 67 to 70. So it was our top 10 favorite Paul-led vocals uh, of, of those of those years. Um, last week, we did uh, another kind of top 10 because people just seem to love these damn ranking top 10 videos. But uh, uh, we, we, we talked about our, we did our top 10 favorite uh, openers, uh, opening tracks uh, on Paul's uh, discography. And then uh, this past weekend, we just posted our interview, like like Ken did a couple of days prior, with uh, Luca Prazzi on his new book, uh, "Music Is Ideas." Uh, and like Joe said, we uh, we also did a um, uh, uh, our third installment of "Stuck Inside These Four Walls" with uh, with myself, Andy, Joe, and and Beatley Tone. I can't tell you how excited I am for to tell you about. Maze slate, but I'm not going to do it right now. Oh, way uh, to but, way to build up the the, the, yeah, the yeah. you know pressure of yeah. oh, wow. Really excited about the, the shows we have coming up for for May over on Two Legs. So please uh, go head over to Two Legs uh, YouTube channel and subscribe to that. Um, obviously, we're all over the uh, the audio podcasting uh, uh, formats as well. So check us out there. Email us at Two Legs Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, that's going to do it. So thank you everybody for joining us again uh, this, for this installment. Uh, we should be back in two weeks. Let's, let's hope uh, that everything goes smoothly. We, let's hope that we come up with another idea, you know, and obviously if you guys want to uh, throw us an idea, which you would, people have, and actually when we're done here, I'm going to talk about a couple more ideas that I got emailed about. So please email us or message us. Uh, whatever with 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 thoughts and and um and ideas for shows uh we'll we love it so keep them coming so for the queen kiddo tool joe mayo ken michaels i'm tom hunyadi saying get on the right thing we'll see you next time take care
get on the right thing you you <laughs> <laughs>